We all know anti-VEGF agents and steroids can be used to address DME and DR, but could a new pathway be used to treat diabetic eye disease? I'm Scott Kriswanis here with Greg Notstein, and this is New Retina Radio from Retina Today and Brynmar Communications. For the latest data on the Phase 2 Boulevard study that evaluated the anti-angiopoietin-2 agent ferisimab in DME patients, we turn to Dr. Carl Chalky. How effective was ferisimab in treating DME? And was it significantly more effective than routine therapy? Hear from Dr. Chalky in our interview, coming up. The relationship between VEGF and DME is well understood. It is also understood that not all DME is VEGF-driven. Researchers are exploring a pathway beyond VEGF that may contribute to vascular instability. That pathway is the angiopoietin pathway. To learn more about the Phase II Boulevard trial, which assessed the safety and efficacy of the ANG2 mediator ferisimab for the treatment of patients with DME, we turn to Dr. Carl Chalky. Dr. Chalky is the T. Boone Pickens Director of the Molecular Ophthalmology Laboratory and Clinical Center of Innovation for Macular Degeneration at the Retina Foundation of the Southwest in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Chalky, thank you so much for coming on the program today. And thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on the program. Before we get into the Boulevard trial, we'll need a lesson on Ferisimab's design. Can you enlighten us, please? Absolutely. So Ferisimab is a very unique molecule because it actually is a what's called a bispecific molecule, which means that it has a portion of the molecule that binds to the VEGF and another portion on the same molecule that binds to ANG2. In this way, all within one molecule, you have a bispecific activity. So it can bind simultaneously the VEGF as well as any free ANG2 that's available. The other interesting aspect of ferisimab is that the FC portion, and again, these are um, engineered molecules, but they're very similar to antibodies. But unlike normal antibodies, the FC portion of ferisimab was genetically altered so that it doesn't bind inflammatory mediators and therefore is thought to be less inflammatogenic as a molecule. Why is it so important to target ANG2 here? So the preclinical and science behind ANG2 is really extensive. And the thinking is that in disease states, like diabetes in this case, where certain molecular pathways are activated that cause destabilization of capillaries, while VEGF is clearly involved, it's also been shown that ANG2 is also involved in this destabilization aspect. And in fact, the two molecules in many ways work in concert to keep the vessel destabilized. So therefore, the hope in neutralizing both VEGF and ANG2 is that we as clinicians will be more effective at restabilizing, so to speak, these abnormal vessels, especially in diabetes, as well as in cardiovascularization, and therefore ferisimab may be a more effective agent than just targeting VEGF alone. 
Boulevard was a phase two randomized control trial that enrolled DME patients and evaluated the safety and efficacy of ferisumab compared with ranibizumab, correct? Correct. So this was a phase two study and patients were randomly assigned to either receiving 1.5 milligrams of ferisumab, 6 milligrams of ferisumab, or 0.3 milligrams of ranibizumab. The treatment duration was six months, and the primary endpoint was the mean change from baseline in breast corrected visual acuity at week 24 in the treatment-naive patients with DME. So this was only a six-month study? Well, yes and no. So while the primary endpoint was at six months, there was a follow-up study to try to assess this concept of durability. And so at the end of the study, patients were then followed to see if and when they needed follow-up therapy for their DME. So there was an additional aspect to the study, which was not the primary driver of the study, but did allow us to get some additional information on potential durability of ferisumab. Got it. That's something to look forward to. For this conversation, let's stick with the first six-month data. Uh, What did you find at six months? So the... Boulevard, my primary outcome was, as we said, visual acuity. And at week 24, as expected, ranibizumab showed an improvement in patients to about 10.3 letter mean gain. However, in the low dose ferisumab group, there was a further improvement of mean letter gain of 11.4 letters. And most importantly, in the high dose ferisumab group, there was a further increase to 13.9 letter gain, mean gain of, of letters. And the important thing was that when you compared ranibizumab to the high dose ferisumab, this 3.6 letter difference was statistically significant. The other important aspect of the study was looking at the diabetic retinopathy severity score. And here too, there was an interesting outcome in that at this relatively short six month time interval, 39% of patients who have received the high dose ferisumab showed a two-step improvement. Whereas in the ranibizumab group, only 12% of patients demonstrated this. So again, this was further evidence that binding both VEGF and ANCH2 may be beneficial in patients with diabetic retinopathy. There was a post hoc analysis of vitreous samples. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. So this is kind of the uh, looking for potential biomarkers as we do clinical trials. And one of the biomarkers in this case that was assessed was ICAM-1. ICAM-1 is known to be an inflammatory biomarker. It mediates a lot of the inflammatory aspects in the retina. And we know, for example, in diabetes, that there is an inflammatory component that occurs. So the ICAM levels were assessed in the eyes of patients uh, in this Boulevard study. And the interesting thing about the results was that in the ranibizumab group, there was actually an increase of about 50% in the baseline ICAM levels at 28 weeks. But in the ferisumab groups, 
when you look at both the low dose and the high dose, in the low dose, there was a 50% decrease in ICAM levels, and in the high dose, a 42% decrease. So again, while this was a small sample, it does further support this idea, and this has been also shown in preclinical work as well, that ANCH2 also is an important mediator of inflammation. So again, uh, perhaps further evidence that we are controlling both vessel stability as well as potential inflammation in these eyes with diabetic retinopathy. That's a lot of data for a phase two study. Let's wrap it up for our listeners with some take-home points. So I think the take-home points are that clearly in this uh, study, the Boulevard phase two study, there was a significant improvement in vision in the high-dose frisimab patients compared to the ranibizumab arm. There was an evidence that inflammation through the ICAM decrease in the frisimab arm was also affected by ANG2 inhibition. And then of course, all of this will now be, is under investigation and the results will be shortly available of large phase three global programs of frisimab in comparison with a flipercept in DME. Dr. Chalky, thank you for speaking with us. My pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of New Retina Radio. To catch more episodes from the latest meetings, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling up to it, leave us a review. We would appreciate it. That's all for now. Take care.